I Tell Stories is brought to you by Somewhere, Cannabis Dispensary, Portland, Oregon, Illock Supply, and people like you. It was all I could think about. Bottles of rum, we drinking now. Get off my stool, I'm thinking how. My brethren next to me sinking scowls. Pass that shit with a winking smile. Marijuana, you stinking pal. Muskets and sabers could drink the now. Background piano with a blinking style. Friends with Benjamin, but we some veterans. And if you got a scheme, we consider it. After them pieces, after them dividends. Trying to rise from the seasons we living in. Oh, man. I, uh, that is one foul mouth bird, bro. I don't know where you got that fucking thing, but if it ever says that shit again in front of me, fuck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cook that motherfucker, okay? <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What the hell? Of- <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, the shortest intro we've ever had. That was what I got, bro. <clears throat> In 1940s New York City, near 3rd Avenue and 100th Street, there stood an establishment known as the Green Parrot Restaurant and Bar. Oh. It had become a landmark in the seedy neighborhood, mostly because of a large green macaw, who was the mainstay behind the bar. Hey. The owner, Max Geller, had taught the bird things to say for years, and some of the parrot's vocabulary was generally reserved for that of a drunken sailor. Sky in the morning. I want to know how he, I want to know what he said. I wish I knew all the I words. know that. I, I was trying to see anything specific, but yeah, this... Someone that had a nice description that said it would make a longshoreman blush, but um, oh my God. yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> so it's a really foul-mouthed pet. Well, either that or it's hitting on them. I don't understand. <laughs> that was unclear. <laughs> I don't know what kind of bar this was. But. Either way, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's all in the details, man. They need to they need to give us more more shit to go off of here. Anyway. Yeah. Many of the local blue-collar workers were regulars at the Green Parrot multiple nights a week. And on the night of July 12, 1942, police were alerted that a shooting had occurred at the neighborhood bar. Though there were over 20 patrons at the time of the shooting, no one claimed to have seen anything. It wasn't me. Dang. And while not shocked due to the nature of the neighborhood, the police found it hard to believe that, you know, no, none of the 20-plus people had seen the gunman. Yeah, I agree. Hey, uh... That area I was just looking at, I wonder if it had, it's close to the, you, ever, you know Bobby Womack is? Yeah, the yeah. Singer? He's got a song that's like, across 110th Street, and he's talking about New York, and it's pretty, like, he's talking about some rugged shit, and, you know, I'm just, yeah. there we are. Anyway, okay, so this guy got killed in the middle yeah. of a bar in front of a bunch of people, and they're like, nah. No witnesses until finally one came forward. Robber, robber, robber. Squawked the macaw from behind its perch. Damn. And the police checked the registers, you know, found it full of cash. And um, so they they determined, you know, robbery was not the motive. And wondered, you know, had someone really just come in there and just shot Max Geller for no reason. Right, just Um, whatever. And with essentially no evidence to go on, the case developed no leads over the next couple of years. Dang. Yeah, this is the 40s, too. So this isn't like, okay, guys, no cell phones, no no cameras. Okay, they didn't have 
cameras. This guy had a wood stick behind the bar probably or something that, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm just saying like, this is old school detective work back in New York, uh, after the prohibition era, but so it's probably pretty rugged, you know, life's rough back in the, the yeah. Middle, middle of world war two. Yeah. Um, oh man. No shit. Yeah. So like all the young men mainly would be gone, you know, and some of the older ones too. So you're left with like, drunks drug addicts and old guys for guys in the u.s sounds like a fun bunch yeah but that's also but if it wasn't for that we wouldn't have had rosie o'donnell in the league of her own <laughs> True. Great film. that's about all the the well you know the all the guys were gone you made a valid point world war ii era um so it makes sense to me why this could be cold and uh anyway go forth man I'm, i i yeah there's no csi back then yeah. no csi in new york um, Detective John Morrissey had spent weeks canvassing the neighborhood and reaching out to former informants, but turned up nothing for his efforts. Uh, he returned to the bar after wondering how the bird could possibly have been able to be aware to report a robbery. Right. And Morrissey spent more weeks attempting to teach the green parrot new words and phrases to no avail. Huh. Um, he did, however, recognize that longtime regular patrons were greeted by name by the squawking macaw. Oh, wow. Uh, That's the, fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the detective tried to teach the bird his name once again without success. And Morrissey began to theorize that perhaps the only witness to the cold-blooded killing wasn't saying robber, but rather Robert. What? Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a fucking parrot, man. So Robert's pretty close to Robert, right? Like, I, I, yeah. that's pretty spot on. Um, and so John Morrissey began to question regulars at the Green Parrot Restaurant and Bar if they knew of any longtime patrons by the name of Robert. And sure enough, several um, several at the dive bar mentioned a cab driver named Robert Burns who frequented the place. The detective discovered Robert Burns had, in fact, been a regular at the bar and incidentally disappeared right around the time of the shooting. Dang. So he's up in... Burns was tracked down in Baltimore where he was working under an assumed name as a lathe operator. And he immediately confessed to being the shooter of the Green Paris proprietor, Max Geller. Turns out Robert Burns was incredibly drunk that July evening, and Geller refused to continue serving the intoxicated customer. In a drunken rage, Burns shot and killed Geller, and then fled the city. Dang. Um, Subsequently, Robert Burns was convicted to 7 to 15 years in Sing Sing for second-degree murder on February 10, 1944, and he is to this day the only American criminal convicted on the testimony of a parrot. That is insane. Uh, it, what <laughs> Insert stool pigeon jokes. Yeah, I mean, it's like something that could only come from uh, the 1940s or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, that that's all I know. Um, fun fact, uh, fun and kind of a sad fact. I found out what, what parrot that was. I think you probably seen that, but it's a green macaw, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, yep. There's only about 500 to 1,000 of these left in the world. Oh, really? They're like that endangered, right? And... Um, yeah, they're from South Dude, America. They mouthed off too much. I know. Snarky 80s birds or 40s. <laughs> yeah. I, but they're, they're a very recognizable bird. When I look at them, I'm like the great green macaw. It's like literally what the fuck you think of like with a pirate and his parrot, basically. Yeah. Yeah, really neat looking bird. Also, sometimes like, you know, it's easy to forget that some of these, I, I imagine it was a pretty large one too because yeah, it just feels that way. And yeah, I don't know. Parrots. I would not own a parrot, 
but I've been around some that were kind of cool. Like, uh, uh, we had a friend, uh, me and Donnie, friend of the show, uh, uh, his, uh, his friend, our friend Nick, his dad had a, uh, African gray and that thing was pretty impressive. Wow. Uh, I don't know. If anybody who knows birds, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, freaking grace. I don't know. People, like, when you huh. when you like parrots, apparently you, you really, like, fucking like parrots. So, um, <laughs> it's just a thing. The first time I took mushrooms, actually, there was a parrot at my buddy's house, and it would laugh when everybody laughed. It was quite bizarre. Oh, my God. How did yeah. you handle that? These <laughs> would be much of the mushrooms. <laughs> Oh my but, god! And he would just say, "Sam is a good boy," like, <laughs> and then seriously, yeah, we would laugh. And then, like you know, a half a second after everyone was done laughing, Sam would just go, "Ha!" <laughs> but he didn't like anyone but the dad. Like he was actually and mean. Sam was not, in fact, a good boy. But <laughs> that's oh my, my parent experience. <laughs> Dang! Yeah, I've only been. That one is way better than mine. I just, I was like, oh yeah, a friend of a friend had a fucking parrot. You know, that's what I know. And I seen him at a pet store one time. <laughs> he did some shrooms. Sam was a good boy. That sounds so creepy. I would have been kind of, I mean, here's the thing though. Mushrooms, it's like hard to have a terrible trip, I feel, personally. Yeah. You know, if you went to an EDM show maybe or something like. Oomps, oh God. Oomps, oomps, oomps. Jesus. <laughs> Fucking Franz and Dieter. Yeah, like, I know no shit. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't see that layer of hell in Dante, but uh, yeah, sounds like one. Yeah, it should have been there, right? With the guy who's eating himself. That one's yeah. anyway. So, um, dang man. Anyway, I don't know. That's pretty uh, disturbing. Mushrooms at a fucking music festival of that nature is scary. I, no, I, that sounds <laughs> like a definitely stage of hell. Yeah, man. I. uh Dude, I love that story about the the, the parent named Sam. Hey, you know. <laughs> and then I don't know if my dad was bullshitting me or it was like, but he told me about somebody like they had a parrot and it stayed in the basement and the basement was flooding. And when I got mm-hmm. down there, the bird was just perched on the railing looking at the water going, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. I tend to believe that's the case if it was already a cursing parrot. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's cool. What a thing. Yeah, they're pretty interesting. I I, uh, I don't know. They live for fucking ever. It's like if you were to... I was going to say, I thought they lived like longer, like as long as more humans than... if they're lucky, right? Yeah, like they're like 90, I think 90 to 100 and some years. Yeah, some shit like that. But people, like it's like you, if you were... If, okay, so if I was to like buy a pair right now... Um, I would have to like pass it, be prepared to pass it down to somebody, kind of deal. You know, that's how parrots are. I'd be like owning a tortoise, which I do kind of want to buy a fucking tortoise or a goat, like a mini goat. <laughs> yeah, I want a pygmy goat or something. I don't know. I don't know. Must be. Boogie's just... met some pygmy goats. They're pretty neat. I don't know. They're cool. Yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> that so murder mystery. Are we? We're in the true crime. Uh, I think I'll have to rebrand our podcast. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Um, so anyway, here's the funny thing. Um, uh, I was looking into the green parrot crime that we were uh, talking about here in New York and uh, stumbled upon uh, this one. Another green parrot murder mystery. Of a different, wow. Yeah, different nature, though, kind of. Okay, so the green parrot cafe 
Uh, it was a private club in Salt Lake City, Utah, open seven days a week for the benefit of members and their guests. Early in the morning of May 17, 1992, a few visitors entered who did not fit the description. A foursome known as the Preppy Bandits, so named because of their clean-cut attire and penchant for coffee shops. <laughs> okay, was menacing the city, menacing, and the Green Parrot was as police would later charge. Next on its list of this gang, the, the Preppy Bandits. According to the allegations, some mix of the quartet decided to knock off the cafe, but something went wrong and a cook named Merritt Reardon Reardon, I feel is how it's said, was shot and killed during the attempted heist. Two members of the group, brothers Adam and Aaron Golly, were charged with the uh, robbery and murder, but Adam didn't stick around. He skipped bail and fled Utah before he could uh, go to trial. So anyway, years later, this ran on America's Most Wanted. In 1993, nearly a year after the robbery murder, the entire staff and many patrons of the Green Parrot turned to watch the episode. The show aired and on to the next case, right? Many people went on their way and some televisions were switched over to a local basketball game, but a few people hung around to watch the rest of the episode. Those who watched the rest of the show started calling the police shortly thereafter. The second reenactment AMW aired that evening described the crimes allegedly perpetrated by a guy named Kenneth Lovesey, a former Texas police officer. All right. This guy had a warrant out for his arrest for molesting children. Ugh. The patrons and staff at the Green Parrot recognized this guy and said, hey, he's in the kitchen flipping burgers, right? Because so they were watching uh, basically what ends up happening here is they were watching the episode to do with their Green Parrot murder mystery, looking for this other brother. And then what came on next was an episode about this shitbag cop who molested a kid that was working in said Green Parrot cafe whoa yeah so the bartender called and whatnot and uh, it's basically here's what it said here's the quote after we watched the segment on the the galley boys we turned a couple of the sets to the u game and left the other on america's most wanted when lovesy's segment came on we joked around and said that looks like our cook in the back after a few minutes we said wait a minute that is him uh, then the bartender called the police uh, while management made excuses to keep Loft Key at the cafe. His shift was kind of ending was the thing until the authorities could arrive. He is arrested and extradited to Texas where he's convicted and served seven years in prison. Though it would take another two years to dole out justice to the Green Parrot Cafe murder, um, the, the restaurant was able to serve up one of America's most wanted, most uh, interesting fugitive nights. Yeah. So basically, like, you know, they I know I kind of jumped around on that, but they were watching their episode because one of the brothers had skipped town from the Preppy Bandits and they're trying to catch this guy. And so everybody in the cafe is watching the episode, you know, being like, kind of like, dang, that's our shit, you know. And then uh, they, you know, switched it to other stuff except for like one set. And then the thing that ran right after that just so happened to be about their cook in the fucking kitchen. Can you imagine? <laughs> Dang. Anyway. And he only got seven years? They should have just shot well, I him. I feel but... the same. But, you know, laws were different then. This is in uh, yeah. 93. I mean, shit, dude. In the 70s, they used to just let... They, that, I don't even know how much of a crime it was, as disgusting as it sounds. But, like, things have gotten different, you know? So let's let's just be happy for that, guys. You know, you can't change the past, I guess. But Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't know. What a weird thing, though. So, oh, my God, think about this, bro. I just fucking mind-fucked myself. Um, so, <laughs> the, just because I barely, I, I, I had found that article towards the end right before you called, I called you. So, that was, like, kind of why it was a little bit messy when I was reading it. But I just thought it was so interesting that I wanted to add in with this thing. And um, when I read this article, 
think about it, they're watching America's Most Wanted, and then they ended up solving another case because of the show that was running about their cafe. Well, we were doing an episode on the Green Parrot Bar and Grill murder in New York, and I just so happened to find this one. And it's very similar, you know? It's just like, I don't know. Fate. It's a weird... Yeah, on the other side of the country. Yeah, on the West Coast, yeah. Well, not the coast. Oh, yeah, Salt Lake, duh. I'm always thinking fucking West Coast, my bad. West Coast mindset. Yeah. I, <laughs> I feel ya. Yeah, man. Um, Hey, bro, this was really fucking cool. This is kind of a shorter episode. I don't think anybody's gonna totally complain about that. If you guys have a problem with shorter episodes... I don't know, whatever. Go cry around somewhere else. But, nah. Uh, the thing of the matter is, is uh, uh, I just thought it was interesting. And uh, we did this. What did, where did you, you just randomly seen this. And it was kind of like, hey, bro, let's go ahead and uh, do this interesting green parrot uh, murder thing. Yeah, I just caught a little bit of it. I'm, I'm not even sure what TV show. But then I just did, you know. I had to dig a little bit to find anything about it. It kept trying to send me to uh, there's one in Key West, I guess, that still operates. And I was, yeah. Finally, I think I had to type in, like, 1940s Green Parrot, New York City. And Dude. then found some articles. and Journalism. Yeah, but it was uh, something I think was Don Wildman on TV. It was, it was interesting, course. but I only caught a little bit. And I mean, I always want to, you know, I'm not just going to uh, take stuff from TV. It's like I got inspired to look up, so, you know, yeah. stuff on my own. No, that's cool, man. I did find a uh, Green Parrot Lounge in uh, New York City, but I think it's in Manhattan, and uh, uh, it looks pretty uh, pretty fancy. I think they're they're not talking about this the same one, but um, you know, I just wanted to see if like I what I was gonna go for, bro. To be honest, was I was gonna try and find some menu items or something, but I'm assuming huh. it, were hamburgers invented yet in the '40s? I don't know. Pretty close, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so they probably had a hamburger. I don't know, whatever, but. Um, I guess uh, another thing here too, guys, is uh, we do have a support the show link. Um, it's in the show notes, and or you can go to pitlocksupply.com, which you know we have cool I tell story shirts. I've been told they're great, the highest of quality, very superb. Um, and uh, you know it's pitlock supply gear, whatnot. Now, also, if you sign up for the show, I, I thought about this uh, before we were doing this episode, and because I don't, you know, we're just starting. We need like to get it rolling and shit. We do have some uh, subscribers, believe it or not, guys. You know, I bet you didn't know that, but we do because people like it. So eventually, they're gonna get some cool free shit. Um, but the goal here is, is uh, Owen, I have like this like thing where I like to buy things wholesale, right? And, yeah, yeah, and I like to find it for like like the highest quality stuff for like cheap prices, and then make a whole thing of it, right? So that's kind of my plan with it. I don't know what I'm gonna come up with. Obviously, there'll be like our merch and stuff, or or whatever. But I'm serious. Like, if I find some like cool random shit that feels like it's show related, you know, our subscribers might end up with some really neat things. So that's the goal. But yeah, um, man, I hope uh, I hope nobody gets. Uh, Get, get shot today. I didn't know what else to say. Like, because we, we we don't usually do like true crime, man. It's a whole uh, whole different thing. Uh, yeah, no, I just found it an interesting story, which is what we're going for. Right, totally. And you know, it's like I don't know. You know, I guess it's 1940s. It's it's early America. I you know, like I don't really. I think like around. 
know, after, fuck, after the Civil War, it, to me, is, like, when our true, true, like, who we are as a country began to evolve, you know, good, for good and bad. But, yep, for, uh, for good or, for better or for worse, my friend Owen, here at I Tell Stories. Um, but, yeah, uh, oh, and another thing, it made me pretty happy, I, I actually want to give a, a shout-out to one of our new listeners, uh, a friend of Owens, who's actually somebody he's worked with for quite a while, Dave, uh, just recently started listening to the show. And Dave, bro, uh, uh, that made me pretty excited, man. It's cool, right? Hell yeah. 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 So, it's very exciting. Have, yeah, Dave should be on sometime. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. This guy's, Dave's pretty cool. He knows a lot of neat stuff, so he's not a he's not a slouch, my friends. Yeah, we definitely should have <laughs> Dave on. Yeah, I don't think if you were to describe Dave, uh, even if he didn't have, like, tactical machine guns all around him or whatever he's got going on, um, as a slouch. <laughs> no. No, he's pretty go-getter, Certainly man. Not. Yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Anyway, so that all being said, uh, I feel like, uh, good job, my friend. Word, you as well. Yeah, so I guess we're out of here. Uh, out there in podcast land, yeah, please uh, check us out. I want, if you're, you're on Spotify or whatever, Instagram, all that fun shit, go comment on our crap, talk shit if you want. I don't care. We'll interact with you. So, hope everybody has a, a good day out there. Much love, everybody.